are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want you to look with me, please, have your Bible tonight, and in Judges chapter 2, and always in my meetings, we stand for the reading of the Scripture. So if you'll stand with me, please, for a moment, we'll stand for the reading of the Scripture. In Judges chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading with verse 6 and read down through verse 10 for time's sake. And then I want you to take your pencil tonight because I'm going to give you an outline. I won't preach too long, but I do want you to write the outline down. In the second chapter of the book of Judges, beginning with verse 6, notice what the Bible said. When Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Well, I like this right here. The Bible said, and all the days of Joshua, the people served the Lord. Now listen to what he said. Uh, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old. Now look this way just a minute. Moses is a hundred and twenty when he died. Uh, he died a supernatural death. Joshua died a natural death. And he said that Joshua was a hundred and ten years old when he died. Now notice with me, uh, uh, verse 9, And they buried him in the border of the inheritance of Timnesri, uh, in from on the north side of Gilgash. And also all the generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. Now the Bible says, you'll look in verse 7, And the people heard the Lord, all the days of Joshua. Then if you'll come down and notice with me in verse 10, it said, And there rose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. You see, the Bible said, While Joshua lived and the elders lived, the people served God, served Jehovah. But when Joshua died, there came another generation that lost out with God that knew not the Lord. And I got to looking at this one day, and I got to thinking, how can a people in one generation lose out with God, forget God? I mean, turn from the old past, turn from the truth of the faith. And yet it said, as long as Joshua lived, they loved God, they served him. But when Joshua died, there came another generation that knew not the Lord. I want you to be seated all over the house, if you will, please. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. I want you to bow your head for just a word of prayer. And in just a moment, I'm going to bring you the message tonight. Father, how we thank thee for the camp and for the great spirit of God. Lord, that this camp is generated through this country. I pray that you bless Brother Sammy. I pray, Father, you give him unusual wisdom as he shall lead the people this week. And then, Lord, when we think about that, all of these shall have part. May every man that stands, I pray that in the morning, that Brother Ruth shall have an unusual morning of God. I pray, our Father, for the haze tomorrow afternoon, and then the speakers that'll come night after night. I thank you for Brother Taylor's message. 
Jesus. And for those that spoke this afternoon, now, Father, I pray as we open up the Word and we come to talk about these important things, Lord, I pray you'd give us listening ears and open hearts that we might receive in graphic words that after the Word of God preached, that we'll be able to leave here and say, The Lord has spoken. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you, our Father, for all the blessings you're going to bless us with. And we praise thee for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Beloved, tonight I want to speak to your heart on how can the people lose out with God in one generation. Beloved, I'm glad that I was born in this generation. Thank God I'm glad I was born around people that listen to the Word and believe the Word of God. I'm glad that my mother used to come in the house, take her old hanky out and begin to wave it and sing. There is a fountain filled with blood. I'm glad that I was brought up in a generation where my old daddy used to take the Bible off the shelf and open it up and say, Mate, we're going to read from the precious Word of God. I'm glad that I'm brought up in a generation where we've had some of the greatest preaching the world has ever known. I do not believe that any generation has ever had any greater preaching than in our generation. But by way of introduction tonight, I want to show you three things that I've witnessed that has been lost in our generation. Number one, I've witnessed the loss of the fear of God before the people. There was a time when I was small and people feared God. But I'm afraid in these days that I've witnessed how people can joke about spiritual things. How the people, uh, beloved, can make mockery uh, out of the divine things of God. Uh, and beloved, listen to me. Uh, it's sad. It makes my blood run cold. Uh, when I see that there's no fear uh, before the eyes of the people. Uh, now, as a little boy, I was afraid, Brother Sammy, to go out and throw a ball uh, on Sunday. I mean, just pick it up and throw it. Uh, I had a fear of God Almighty. Uh, now, as a lad, brother, uh, I was afraid to come in church and giggle uh, and make fun while the preacher was preaching. Never when I was a lad, I had a fear of God. But in my generation, as I've grown older, I've witnessed that we've lost that holy fear and reverence that we should have for God Almighty. Number two, I've witnessed how we lost the great precious conditions that we one time had. And God helped these little spineless, backboneless, compromising, sugar-coating preachers, brother, that will not stand and preach like they should preach and call that old time condition. I want you to know tonight, old Daniel had some convictions. Old Elijah had some convictions. Well, Paul had some convictions. And there was a time around the sack of Georgia with these old saints of God, uh, brother, walked with God and had some convictions. Uh, and what a blessing it is uh, to be around people uh, that say, I believe it's wrong. Uh, and you know, a lot of preachers come up and say, now, brother, me, uh, don't preach on things. Uh, and I don't preach on things. Uh, but I'll tell you what I do have. Uh, I have some convictions uh, that I believe, brother, that ought to be cried out against uh, in these days in which
which we live. I believe, brother, that men ought to cut their hair and look like men. I believe that women, bless God, ought to wear a dress and look like women. I believe, brother, we're living in a time when it's hard to tell the difference between the church and the world. The line of demarcation, brother, has faded away. I want you to know in my generation, I've witnessed the loss of the fear of God before the people's eyes. And then I've witnessed the loss, my friend, of great convictions. And then I've witnessed life, and then I'll get him the message. I've witnessed not only this, but I've witnessed the loss of the power of God Almighty in our services. Brother, I remember when you'd come to church, and people would be slain in the presence of a holy God. I'm talking about real holy ghost power. Where men will hold on the back of the beaches and where they cry out for God for mercy. Now, don't you know you can organize and streamline and all this other stuff, brother? But we'd better get back to the Holy Ghost power in our services. And until we recognize that it takes God's power, we'll never do anything for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we got everything on the sun in the church to get a crowd. I still believe if I do it to the Jesus said that will call me into myself. I believe there's something about the power of God. When the power of God falls, the people, my friend, will be drawn to see what's going on in the house of God. Are you going most independent, fundamental, supreme, little Baptist churches? And I'm all of that. And don't come up here. I was that before most of you were saved. Now I want to tell you some of the deadest outfits I've ever been in are some of these independent, premillennial, fundamental, missionary, Baptist churches. And if the Holy Ghost were to come in, it'd scare some of that outfit to death. If the power of God were to fall, they wouldn't know what to do. They talk about believing in the power of God. Now I've witnessed it in my generation. Oh, how people have lost Oh, the great power of God. But I want to mention three things tonight about Israel. How did Israel, this generation, I'm talking about here, how did they lose out with God? The three things I want you to notice first, I want you to notice because of some things they forgot. That's why they lost out with God. Brother, if we, if we get to the place that we forget, I believe, my friends, we'll lose out with God. There's some things we need to remember. I looked in my Bible, and I found 30-something times where it said, and he remembered. And he remembered. And I said, glory to God. If God remembers, how much more ought we to remember God and the holy kings of heaven? Brother, we need to remember some things. God's been good to us. We should not forget that. God let us down through the years. We should not forget that. God fed us, and we should not forget that. God clothed us, and we should not forget that. God walked over us, and praise God, we should not forget that. There's the three things uh, that Israel forgot that caused them, uh, my friend, to lose out with God in one generation. Uh, number one, uh, they forgot, or she forgot, her humble beginning. Uh, I know churches, brother, that started off with a humble beginning. Uh, I know denominations uh, that started off with a humble beginning. Uh, I know great preachers uh, that one time had a humble beginning, all of us. Uh, and yet sometimes we get high-minded uh, and we forget where God found us. Uh, and we forget what God brought us to. Uh, Israel forgot uh, that God called her people. Uh, when he said, Abram, I'm calling you out of the earth of the 
callings. I'll make of your great mission. She forgot Israel here that one time she had a humble beginning. And my friend, it would behoove me and it would behoove me to go back and remember our humble beginning. We were not saved in a palace. We were not saved in some great rose garden. But it God came to the pills and the fire of sin and picked us up, hallelujah, and put us in the rose garden. But brother, we didn't have much and we wasn't much when God found us. And when we recognized tonight our humble beginning, we should never forget that Israel did. And Israel never, never got out of trouble under the judges because in that generation she forgot her humble beginning. Now over in the 16th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, you have one of the most beautiful stories of a girl that forgot her humble beginning. My Bible said there's a little girl lying outside east of Jerusalem in an old open field. The Word of God said, and she had not a, a naval cord cut, and she was in the blood of her birth, and no man would know her. And the Scripture says that the Lord passed by. Aren't you glad, bless God, that one day Jesus passed by? I'm glad the Lord passed by. And the Bible said when the Lord passed by, he did four things for that little girl. He reached down and he walked. That's a type of being washed in the blood of the Lamb. And brother, until we get soaked, cleansed in the blood, washed in the precious blood, they'll die and go to hell unless they get out the blood, mister. It's blood that cleanses. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And so he walked her. Secondly, he put a skirt on her. I'm glad he put a robe of righteousness on her. And the third thing he did for this little girl, he anointed her with oil. In other words, the Holy Ghost came on her. Hallelujah. Say amen right there. I'm glad the sweet Spirit of God, the morning of the Spirit of God, and the fourth thing that happened, the Bible said it. He decked her with jewels. I mean, you talk about splendor of jewels and diamonds and sapphire and jasper. All of it, brother, God get her. And the Word of God says, what is that? The Word of God says that when she got older, she forgot. Oh, that God found her in that field. Just like Israel and the judges. They forgot. Israel did. Her humble beginning. Secondly, Israel forgot. Her help had always come from God. Mister, if you ever forget that, in your little church, you're going to be my sadly fool with the crowd. You better remember the Lord's your help. I'm glad, glory to God, all these years, I've looked under the hills from which cometh my help. I've never had help from this crowd of the world. I don't need their help. Praise God. I've never had the help of a lot of so-called fundamentalists because they don't like my shell. And they don't like what I believe. It's the way we ought to serve God. Now, I don't trust some of the best friends I have. Never wiggle, never shout. But you know, it's a funny thing to me. Some of that crowd that I've preached with and in Bible conferences with, they want to criticize me. I don't criticize. If they don't want to shout, let them be quiet. But don't bother me, bless God, because I like to get in the honey, and praise God, I like to feel God, I like for the Lord to come down and bless me real good, and I like to get in the glory of God and enjoy the blessings of heaven, but you know, they can't help but take a, you know, a classic, you know, they'll do it every time, 
They'll say that shouting crowd. And I, I, I was in a meeting, and this fellow is, is a friend of mine. But he looks down over his glasses, and he's got a great paper, and he's, you know, this and that and the other. I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but he's been greatly used to God. And I was in his meeting one time down in Atlanta, and I jumped up and said, Woo! And he like to scare that outfit to death. He wrote all kind of books on the Holy Ghost. And then when he's a preacher, he thought he's going to get me, you see. He looked down his glasses and he said, Brother Mays, it says here that this man went leaping and praising God in the temple. And he thought he's going to embarrass me. You know what he said? He said, that's your kind, isn't it, Brother Mays? And I jumped up and said, Hallelujah, that's right. Praise God, that's my crowd. I want you to know that's my crowd. I never, I never turned my back on that crowd. And Brother, we need to recognize this side. My help come from God. I want you to know He's fed me. And He's called me. And He's been with me. And I praise God for it. But Israel lost out with God because she forgot her humble beginning. And then that her help came from God. And thirdly, that her hope was in God's covenant. My Bible said in verse 1 of this chapter, And God said, I cannot break my word or my covenant. Bless your heart tonight. I'm glad my hope is in this precious word of God. And everything it says, I believe it. And everything, brother, that I stand on. I stand on the promises of God Almighty. Thank God it's never failed me. And it never will fail me. But Israel lost out with God. Because of some things she forgot. Number two, she lost out with God in one generation because of some things she tried to change. Would you write these down? First of all, she tried to change her source of supply. She got to that place, brother, where she didn't need God anymore. She said, I got a new car, so to speak. I've got a new home. Some preachers, brother, some people, some churches get to that place where they don't have to trust God anymore. I want to tell you something. I know where the storehouse of God is. It's a bounty for supply. And I know that I've got a need that he's able to supply that need according to his riches in glory Christ Jesus, hallelujah. I believe this tonight. I know the source of my supply. I know that. Some people say, what are you going to do when you get old? I'm going to trust the same God that I trusted when I was young. Somebody said, you have social security. I said, you know what social security is? It's full starvation. Say amen right there. Amen. And a lot of people come around and say, why, brother, me, aren't you going to trust in this crowd or that crowd? I said, no, I want you to know I know the source of my supply. When I need something down on my knees, I go ring up heaven and say, Father, one of you little children down here's got a need. And I'm glad, praise the Lord, that I know the source of the supply. And God help a people like Israel that forget and lose out. Because they tried to change the, they said, we don't have to go back to God. Let's go down to Egypt for help. Let's go to the enemies of God. I believe we'd get along a lot better. And anytime God's people go to any source of supply except heaven, my friends, he gets in trouble. Number two, not only did she try to change the source of the supply, but she tried to change the style of her living. 
He said, make us a king. We want to be like other people. Like, we don't like God's way of living. Now let me tell you something. I, I've never found anything better uh, than God's old time way of living. Uh, thank God living by faith. Uh, I've never found anything any better. Uh, believe in God. Listen, uh, there's nothing better uh, than believing God and walking with God in God's way. It's the best life I've ever lived. I hear preachers get up and it grabs me. And say they had to give up so much they got saved. Isn't that something? Bless God, I got everything when I got saved. I'll tell you, I was preaching one night about this little girl. She came skipping over the hill. And when she came skipping over the hill that night, old Ellie sir, was waiting on her to well. She didn't know what she was about to get into. She didn't know the blessing she was about to get into. And the night that I knelt at North Carolina State University on my knees about a quarter to nine, uh, about a quarter to nine on a Friday night, all I knew that I was lost on my way to hell. All I knew that I needed Jesus. Brother, I didn't know that all these good things accompany salvation. Hallelujah. I didn't know, praise God, that I'd have an inheritance undefiled that fadeth not away. I didn't know, praise God, that I was going to get in a royal family. I didn't know, but God, that I was going to have all that God owns, that I'd be an heir with God in a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't know that, praise God. I want to tell you something. I never found anything better than God's way of living. Amen. Let me show you something. Nolan's little boy. We don't need Mississippi in a revival. Everything I've got, my shoes, my Cadillac, my clothes, everything I've got is the Lord's. God gave it to me. And I'll take another, and if God gives it to me, I'll take another. I won't show you something. You can grab all you want to, but I'll take another. But here's the boy that he knew how to get me. We're coming home from service one night, boy, I'd have preached, I'd sweated. You say, no, that's perspiration. Now, honey, if you do it like I do, it's pure old sweat. I don't want to see Yes, sir. Boy, I'd sweated, and I'd preached, and I came out of that church. And I had that old coat on there. That old coat on there. I laid it on the back of the... and had this red Bible. And uh, he's seven years old. And he sat down, and he said, Patty, I said, yes, sir. He said, I showed it like that service tonight. <laughs> boy, I knew ice cream or something was coming. And you know, a little old seven-year-old boy is going to start bragging on you. Let's say, woo something. And I said, is that right? He said, I like that. I said, said you didn't preach long. I thought, Lord, have mercy. I wish some of these old grown folks left God and feel like that. And then he said, pass it. And I said, yes, sir. He said, when you die, I want that old sweaty coat. And I said, do you? He said, yes, sir. I said, what do you want with that old coat? Uh, he said, because I'm going to preach like you. Uh, and I'm going to sweat. Boy, I did feel good. Praise God. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know he was leading me up. I didn't know he was baiting me. And you know what he said? He said, now, Patrick, when you die, I want to read Bible. I said, do you show up? He said, yes, sir. Boy, that did make me feel good. Uh, he said, I want to preach out of your Bible. Uh, and then he Wallard, he said, and when you die, I want this cattle. I said, amen. <laughs> yes, sir. I want to tell you, boy, he knew. I he knew. But I say to you that it's here tonight. I've never found any better way than God's way of living. Well, you listen to me, the song that God gives us is the best. And no good thing will I withhold from those that walk uprightly. And brother, God gives us all he can trust us with. Yeah. Hallelujah, I believe that. 
If we walk uprightly, God said there's no good thing. Where I will hold from those that walk uprightly. But here they said, we will make you give us a king. We don't want to be like the rest. We want to be like the rest of them. And some of our church members today want to be like Paris and Hollywood and want to look like some old movie star. Bless God, we ought to want to look like a saint dressed in modest apparel and have the holiness of God in the radius of heaven on you. Well, brother, listen, we're living in a time when people want to change the style of God's way of living. I like it good myself. Now, number three, they tried to change not only the source of their supply, and the style of their way of living. But they tried to change their soul's desire. God had put a desire down there. And they needed that desire fulfilled. Old David said, I, one thing I desired of the Lord. And Israel, for many years, had a desire to love her God. And the walk with her. But finally, she got a desire to go to idolatry. And the more you read the book of Judges, the more you'll find that Israel turned away into corruption and sin. And brother, great wickedness. Because her soul's desire changed. Isn't that sad? Oh, you say, Brother Mace, this people lost out with God in one generation. First of all, because of what she forgot. Secondly, for what she tried to change. And then she lost out because of some things that she let go down the drain or she lost. You say, Preacher, what did she lose? Three things, and I'll close. First of all, she lost her pilgrimage identity. Her pilgrim identity. She got settling down. She got, she said, you know, just going this father. We've been wayfaring in all these years. We'll settle down. I want you to know Simon Peter said that we're pilgrims and strangers in this world. And any time God's people get naturalized and get to love in this world too much, brother, we get in trouble. This world is not our home. Praise God, we're a heavenly people. And we're headed to the holy city. And we're not to become too naturalized. The Bible said, love not the world. And then he said, be not conformed to the world. And when we get to that place where we lose this pilgrim identity, oh, can they tell you when you walk down the street that you're headed for a better country? Can they look at you and say, yonder goes a Christian. Praise God, that Christian is living for me, looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. My daddy used to ask me a lot of questions. My daddy used to ask me a lot of questions. I never will forget one question he asked me. He said, son, he said, did Abraham really believe he'd find that city? My daddy was a smart Bible man. I mean, he used to go every Sunday here offered that you think. Now, I don't read everything Pink wrote, and, and I've got all of his writings, but he was a great man. But you listen to me. My daddy used to sit every Sunday and hear offered that you think. My daddy knew the Bible. Uh, but he asked me one day, he said, son, I read in the Bible where Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God, and that he wouldn't settle down. He dwelt in tents uh, and tabernacles. Uh, but son, let me ask you a question. I said, pop it here. He said, did he really believe that one morning he'd find that city? I said, let me think about it. Let me think about it. And so I remember before he died, I went in the intensive care, leaned over there, and I said, Dad, 
He looked up, and I said, I got the answer for you. Here's he down his cheeks. He said, do you mean that old Abram really looked for that city? I said, yes, I believe it did. I said, every night when he'd come into the tent, he'd say, Sarah, let's get a good night's rest. Because over that next hill, we under, may be the prettiest city you've ever seen. Well, you say, Brother Mays, how do you know the Bible said he looked for a city whose building makes God? And if I go out here looking for something tonight, I believe I'll find it. I, I wouldn't be a big enough fool to actually look for something I wouldn't expect him to find. The Bible said Abraham looked for a city. He had that pilgrim identity. Let me show you something. I used to preach on old Abraham and all about how he, uh, you know, and he'd come down to different places. I see him come down to Damascus and he'd take care of his sheep. So we will take me and walk out there and say, How are you, Mr. Abraham? Look, I have you to settle down here and how we got good grass and Hey, your sheep and cattle could really, oh, they'd get fat. And old Abraham turned around and shocked them to death. You know what I believe he said? He said, boys, I'm not interested in real estate down here. I, I got some property over yonder. Praise God on the other side. And then he said, just to confuse the matter, I'm looking for a city outside of this world. Thank God I'm looking for a city who's builder and maker's God. Brother, these people lost out with God because they lost their pilgrim identity. Number two, they lost out with God because they lost the pioneer spirit. You let a church get self-satisfied and push and sit down in the little seat of ease and boy, I'll show you a church, Mr. Little Die. I'll show you people that'll swivel up on God. I'll show you a church that'll be a blackout. And brother, God won't you. I believe, brother, we need that seal, uh, that love that we've always had for God. Uh, just say, I'm going to take another. Uh, I like old Joshua. I like him. You know, he, he, he came back with, uh, he, he came back, uh, Joshua did, and the scripture said when he came back, 85 years old, he said, son, you can retire. And, uh, and Joshua said, is that right? Uh, you mean you're going to retire? And I can hear, oh, and see old Caleb saying, no, sir, I want you to know, I'll take the biggest mountain, bless God over yonder, I'll whip every John on that mountain, and he said, praise God, give me that hill, and Caleb said, I'll go get her, and I'll take that mountain for God. Show me a preacher, brother, that sits down and twiddles his thumbs, and a church that says we have no more mountains to claim, no more hills to climb, no more giants to destroy. Now, show you a preacher or a church that's going to die and swivel up and be nothing. Isn't it sad, my friends, today? We've got Christians and priests who've lost the pioneer spirit. And then number three, they lost the power with God. I mean, they became a laughing stock all the way as well. They were as other men. And when the church becomes other men, when the church gets to that place where she's like other men, and there's no supernatural, when the church gets to that place, and there's no supernatural power, Mr. That church will do nothing for God. You hear me? That church will do nothing for God. Let me give you this. Now, of course, listen. I, was, I used to go to Jamaica. I've been to Jamaica 11 times. I love the... I left Jamaica. And I used to go before we had any. I, we used to, I'd preach and it'd stand up. Boy, I'd say I'd preach an hour, hour and a half and it'd stand. And I'd get through preaching an hour and a half. 
I'd say, it's time to go home. And those Jamaicans would stand there and sing down and teach and they'd say, we don't want to go home. Feed us some more. And I'd say, I preached everything I know. And they'd say, well, preach that thing one over. And I'd say, praise God, throw it in reverse and start over again. Praise God. I mean, I'd have these awful time you ever saw. And they'd stand there and wave with their hands out for me to preach. That's back in, uh, back in 650, the latter part of the 50s and the first of the 60s. But we had some great times. And I remember I had a little Jeep over there that I had to ride in. And a missionary and I would ride in that Jeep. And, and, and one day we was going over uh, from Montico Bay and uh, over from Spanish Town across the mountains, and I heard something like this. And I said to the missionary, I said, what is that? He said, once just twice a year, the wolves shall come out. I said, that right. I said, what did it come out for, preachers? He said, no, no. said, at night your parents don't kill you. Are there parents on not But don't worry. So we got up to the store and we stopped that little jeep. And I went in and I said to the fellow, I said, how you doing? I said, praise God, I'm shouting out. He looked at me like they looked at me in Atlanta. Because you tell them you're shouting it out. They know what you're talking about. Say amen. And he looked at me and he said, hey, I said, having the best time you ever saw. Praise God. Lord. I said, I'm enjoying the whole time religion. Having a good time. And back that time I heard him. I said, I said to him, I said, what is that? And the missionary said, I told you the words, but they won't pounce on anything except at night. And I said, I'm getting back in Jeep because it'd be my luck to, for one of them to be colorblind, blind, couldn't tell night from day, and I ain't taking no chances. And so I got back in the Jeep. We went on down, and every night of that meeting, and they're so kind and so gracious and uh, they're, they're so hostile. They're just wonderful people. But there's a little girl, nine years old, and she was crippled, and she dragged that leg, and come and stand on that little crippled leg, and that good leg, all the time I was a preacher. And you know, down in Jamaica, they're like, the, they want what you have. I mean, a, a church up in Pennsylvania gives me my watches. They're very expensive. They said, throw it against the wall if you want to. Call us, we'll send you another. And so, uh, I, I had this, not one like it, not this one, but one like it. And I, I had my red Bible. And one night, after I got through preaching, in fact, it was the last night, that little crippled girl, she came right over where I was. And she looked up in my face, and she said, Brother Mays? And I said, yes, how are you? You know, they talk with an English accent down. I said, how are you? I'm glad to see you. I said, you've been here every night. She said, yes, sir. She said, I live three miles over the hill. And she said, Brother Mace, I dragged her my foot. But she said, all morning and all afternoon, I break a rock for the highway of the Jamaican government. And I make a shilling. That was, at that time, 16 pennies or 15 pennies. And she said, this week I made a shilling. I made a pinch, uh, 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 what you'd say, 15 pennies. And you've been a blessing to me, Brother Mace. I want you to have this shilling. And I said, no, 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 I don't want it. I don't want it. I said, now you take that shilling, give it to the preacher here, and uh, he, he'll, he'll, he'll maybe get you the floor here first. Time. Have a meeting on, on the floor. I said, this old dirt's bad, isn't it? And I said, you, you can give it to him. She said, I don't want to give it to him. I want to give it to you. And I said, no, people back in Georgia and back in the States, they gave me Bibles to give out. They gave me plenty of money. And I said, I don't need that money. I don't want it. And she started to cry. And I said, uh, I don't want your money. I don't want to hurt you, dear. And she looked up and she said, 
would you give me something you have? And I said, sure. I mean, she'd have said, what? I'd have given her that what? Or the one like it. If she'd have said, Bible, I'd have given her my Bible. But she didn't say that. She didn't say money. I'd have taken all those didn't have much, but I had enough. Because God said you'd supply my need, and I had a my need. And so if she'd have said, give me money, I'd give me everything I had. That's not what she said. He said, Brother May, while you're preaching tonight, I saw the Spirit of God fall on me. And she said, I want to show you something, preacher. Get the preacher's wife over here. And I got the preacher's wife. And she showed me her side. That little nine-year-old girl right here. Preacher's wife. So she said, I want you to see where two wolves attacked this little girl. When she was seven years old, she's coming to church. She's already crippled. And said, two men beat the wolves off. And said, she wants you to see it. Because tonight, she said, the wolves are out. When she left the house to come, said, the wolves are out, Brother May. And I said, well, we'll get to Jesus. We'll take you home. She said, no. I want to go home by myself and think about what you preached about. But she said, I want you to give me something. I said, what is it? And she said, I want you to put your hands on my head. And I want you to pray that the same Spirit of God that rests on you will rest on me. And brother, my heart melted like an ice cream cone on me. I didn't know what to do. I've never laid hands on anybody like that. And she fell down on that old crippled foot, down on that good, and looked up and said, I want the power of God on me because the wolves are out. But if God's on me, I won't worry about the wolves, brother man. She said the power of God will take care of all the wolves that have ever howled in Jamaica. And I reached down with my hand. And I said, Father, I want the Spirit of God to rest on this nine year old girl. She's a born in Christian. She's going to drag that little old foot across that hill and over the next hill and home tonight. And the wolves are out howling. No, Lord, she needs the power of God. I never will forget while I was praying, I heard the sob of that little girl. And then she looked up and said, Brother May, this is the last night. She said, I, I want to tell you bye. And don't worry about me. She said, the Lord's power is on me. And I'm not afraid anymore. I pray so. I never will forget it. I leaned over that little girl and I said, bye now. I'll be praying for you, dear. You know what she said? She said, I'll put your name in my Bible. And every day till Jesus comes or takes me home, I'm going to pray for Brother May. And boy, the tears started coming down. And I saw that little girl go out of that old tabernacle there, that old dirt floor, dragging that little cripple afoot and smiling like all heaven was shining on the day. And I followed this. The Holy Ghost seemed to say, May Father, I slipped out of that old tabernacle. And if you've ever been to Jamaica, you know the beautiful trees, the tropics there. And as I stepped out of that tabernacle, she was dragging that little foot and starting up the hill. And I heard something like this. And I stopped and she stopped. And I heard something like this. And I stopped and she stopped again. And then she turned around and she said, Brother May! She said, that don't scare me! Don't have to worry! 
I've got the power of the Lord on me. It's going to be all right. And I'll see you in heaven if I don't see you down here no more. My brother means. And I stood there and I watched her drag that little leg across that hill. And then I turned, went back and fell in that old time. And I said, God, if your power can cause a nine-year-old girl to go out in the midnight and look wolves in the face and not be afraid. Well, I said, Lord Jesus, I said, let the power of God come on me. I'll never be afraid of the devil. Never be afraid that I might march on for the glory of God and do exports for the Lord. What a blessing it is. My friend, what a joy it is tonight to know the power of God on you. The devil can stop a church with God's power on it. The devil can stop a preacher who's got God's power on him. But Israel lost out with God in one generation. The Bible said, and they served God all the days of God. But there came another generation that knew not God. They lost out with God. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.